bragging. Do you brag? Does someone you know brag? Well, today we're blaming it on the internet, the economy, whatever our reason to act so competitively, we all do it. And it's giving us big egos. Or is it eroding our self-esteem? Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Brooke Walker filling in for a Mr. Matt Townsend who is enjoying some sunny days in St. George. We're talking about envy next, right after the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Supreme Court justices signaled today they aren't feeling confident about a broad ruling on same-sex marriage. After oral arguments challenging California's Prop 8 today, the justices provided no hints about which way the case will go. North Dakota's governor enacted the U.S.'s most restrictive abortion bill today, restricting termination as soon as a fetus's heartbeat can be detected. This can be as early as just six weeks. In Virginia, another controversial law was signed today. Governor Bob McDonnell approved a measure to require voters to show a photo ID before being allowed to cast a ballot. The legislation also creates a new free form of photo ID for anyone who does not already have one. President Obama is appointing the first-ever female Secret Service director. Julia Pearson has been an agent in the president's security detail for over 30 years and was selected to highlight a change of culture within the service. SpaceX's Dragon capsule is scheduled to complete its third of 12 round trips to the International Space Station today. Crews aboard the station released the robotic capsule earlier today and sent it on a landing path for the Pacific Ocean. In world news, Syrian opposition leaders took the regime's vacant seat at an international Arab summit today and earned applause from other regional leaders. The bold move furthers President Bashir Assad's political isolation in the region. North Korean leaders repeated threats today, warning they are ready for combat as international sanctions continue to tighten. Even longtime ally China is calling the current situation, quote, sensitive. And Yahoo has purchased a 17-year-old British teenager's smartphone app for an impressive $30 million. The teen started working on the app when he was just 15. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Of course, I am not Matt Townsend. And if you're questioning that, I question you. Or maybe we should question Matt and really the octave range of his voice. But no, my name is Brooke Walker. I'm a friend and colleague of Matt Townsend's. I've worked with him for many, many years. And Matt said, hey, it's spring break. He's got a few kids to wrangle. And he decided to take them to sunny St. George, Utah for some time away. So we allotted him a few days and they've opened up the gates and let me join you this afternoon as a guest host. So thanks so much for having me. I guess you had no choice, but I'm excited to be here. And rest assured, I'm in good supportive hands. We've got the Matt Townsend producing team here with us. We've got Rob Sanders, executive producer, and Bryce Tobin joining us, Madison Allred as well. So you guys aren't going to let me fall, right? Nope. You're, you're here to save the day? There's almost as many of us as uh, Matt has kids. See, seriously? So we've got a uh, big group of us. Where here, is you know? your sunny vacation to St. George, Utah? Oh, uh, you know. We've got a show to produce. So. Oh, somebody's got to do the job. So I yeah. asked these guys. They are here, and honestly, I'm so grateful. I feel supported. I asked them each to share a piece of advice for me. Filling in for Matt Townsend today, those are some big, may I say, sometimes quirky shoes to fill. So what advice do you have it's for me? It's like the fourth quarter of a basketball game. You're up by a couple points. 
Run down the clock. Run down the clock, <laughs> baby. Okay, sports analogy. Rob, you obviously don't know me that well. Sports, me, not a good mix. But okay, I'll take it. My advice is if you're ever in a lurch, just make fun of Skylar and his Superman outfits. Is know, that what we Spider-Man, do? Or Spider-Man, I guess. Skylar, you're kind of the, the <laughs> bunt of every joke, yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. I think I should get a raise or something because, <laughs> I mean, every time a, a guest host comes in, that's that's what everyone says to do. Just make fun of me. Skylar's asking for a raise based on harassment. Yes. Well, yes. Er, <laughs> early on, Matt got very jealous of Skylar's job because there's all those lights. And, yes. You know, Matt's a little attention deficit and lights, blinking lights and levers and switches. and Look at all those buttons. And, and I think it intimidates Matt a little bit, too, because he doesn't know why. how to run that board. I can I just see have more, does. I have a more important job than Matt does. Did you just say that? I did. I did. Now, if Matt's listening right now. I would stand by your phone and wait for that text because I have a feeling he would disagree with you, my friend. But he probably would. But we're going to back you up today. A more important you. job than the host of the show. Okay. Well, okay. You know, I also think he's a little bit jealous of the fashion sense. You know, you're really oh. rocking the cape today. It's purple. I like it. It's not purple. I don't wear purple. You don't wear purple. No. Then, well, then what do you call that? Dark blue. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, it goes really nicely with your red hair, you know? Thank you. You guys are talking about a cape that I cannot see, so exactly. I'm assuming that's part of the exactly. stick, right? This is is another, that part of it? I'm learning quickly. another thing that Matt just brings up all the time. I'm learning quickly. ruined the radio <laughs> theater. I'm sorry. Oh, look. Two minutes into this, and I'm already uninvited. Okay, Bryce, any advice for me, my friend? Sarcasm is your best friend. Now, coming from you, I'm shocked you would say that. Wait, was that sarcasm? Oh, wait, there you go. Wait, well, great start. Did I fit great right in? Great start. Okay. So over the next oh 90 minutes or so, we've got a, a juicy topic lined up. But I'm going to be asking a lot of questions of our guests, and I'm sure of you guys as I continue to ask for help throughout the hour. Do you have any questions for me? I think cricket. We're good. cricket, cricket, yeah. <laughs> they learned all they want to know about me. Okay, well, I, as I mentioned, have worked with Matt over the years in a media capacity. I'm a television host for the NBC affiliate here in Salt Lake City. Newly married, so you guys might have to deal with some, I don't know, ooey gooey. I'm in love sentiments. Is that well, nauseating enough? Any any good shocking things from from suddenly you being want married? Something sho- oh, any shockers? Because um, a friend of mine got married and she ran into the situation where her husband was home all day. She gets home. And sorry, other way around. She was home all day. Okay. Husband gets home. I'm trying to follow you here. Sarcasm. Sorry, I, I Sarcasm. Just totally messed up the story. Anyways, <laughs> husband gets home, asks, "Hey, who ate all the chips?" Yeah. Yeah, she'd been home all day. <gasps> Not a question oh. you ask. Oh. I'll tell you one shocker. May I just share? Since you've opened the gates, okay. You've kind of asked for it. Uh, being a guy with great hair, I'm giving you a compliment right now. You have Thank great you. hair. Thank have you. you ever heard of a product known as Gorilla Snot? Yes, um, I have. No. Apparently, this is the best gel on the face of the planet, according to my husband. Yeah. I was a little shocked to open the bathroom counter one day and see a, a jar of Gorilla Snot. I, concerning. I understand that. that Do you want to guess the color? Uh, green. It's green. Oh. And he puts it in his hair. Now, my husband's hair looks great, and I'm not going to question the style procedures, but I'm just saying I was not expecting a bottle of Gorilla Snot in my bathroom counter once we got married. Available at your local zoo. And apparently they sell out quickly. He tried to defend that they are, it's the most popular thing. So, yeah. Yeah. No. I guess so. Yep, my brothers love it. So Do they? There you go. So we now, this, this program brought to you by Gorilla Snot. I'm so sorry <laughs> to take the, the esteem of this program down. But I mentioned a juicy topic, and I feel it is juicy. And the interesting thing about this topic we're going to dive into today is it wasn't even an issue, oh, five, seven, ten years ago. It would not have even been a question on our radar. But today we're asking the question, is social media squashing our self-esteem? And this topic caught my attention uh, largely in part of an article that was published by... 
I guess, someone we could qualify as a mommy blogger. She writes the blog Rage Against the Minivan. Does that say it all? Rage Against the Minivan. Kind of a clever topic there. The title of her article was, Can We Bring the Holidays Down a Notch? Now, that got my attention right away. We were just coming off of St. Patrick's Day, so about a week and a half ago when this was posted. And this particular author feels that parents are taking holidays over the top. And apparently, she had a justified argument because she got the attention of the Huffington Post, who ran her blog this particular blog post over the weekend. And she makes an interesting argument, again, referring to St. Patrick's Day. She said her oldest daughter stumbled out of bed the morning of St. Patrick's Day and said, can I help you hide the gold coins? And she was really confused. And and her daughter said, I know the leprechauns aren't real. I know it's you. So I want to help you. I don't see any gold coins. Can I help you hide them? Well, apparently her daughter's friends had filled her in that come St. Patrick's Day, the leprechauns were supposed to leave gold coins, other trinkets and presents around the house. Now, I want to ask you guys. Growing up, when did the leprechauns pay you a visit on St. Patrick's Day? Anyone? No. Nope. No? No. Yes, yes, yes. Rob's coming in to save the day. You were visited by the leprechauns growing up. Yeah, we'd go for a little drive out by the Great Salt Lake. And okay. when we came back, there were green footprints all over the house. Okay. Which led to not real gold coins, you know. I didn't grow up in that side of town. <laughs> <laughs> Presents Chocolate of any sort? gold coins. Chocolate. Okay, so a little bit of a candy treat. Well, it goes on because this woman has made an observation that it's not just St. Patrick's Day. It's all of the little holidays that are being blown up into huge proportions. In fact, she compares Valentine's Day to Christmas, saying the the Valentine's breakfast and the gifts and the goodies that kids are expecting these days. And we're kind of getting to her. And she was making a plea to other parents saying, hey, can we bring it down a notch? Well, this article kind of served as a jumping off point for other parents to express their frustrations. And really, the frustrations were twofold as I see them. One, she pointed out we're raising a generation, a society of entitled kids. Would you guys agree with that? The word entitled is being thrown out a lot in parenting circles. Oh, wholeheartedly. I know this one family where they have two kids under the age of like four and they have their own iPad. Now they say, you know, it's for learning purposes, Mm -hmm. but it's just games on there. The kid has their own iPad. I don't even have my own iPad. And these two little, you know, toddlers have their own iPad. So Wow. I didn't even know what an iPad was. Obviously, it hadn't been invented when I was four. And <laughs> yep. I don't own one myself. So I'm with you. We can be jealous of the four-year-olds together, I guess. There you go. <laughs> so that was the first problem was this society, this generation of entitled kids. And we can save that topic for perhaps another show because that's a good question right there. Are we raising an entitled society? Well, that's easy to solve. You just raise your kids in a sketchy neighborhood. Is that how you do it, where there are no gold coins available? Yeah. I mean, entitlement there is uh, the roof doesn't leak. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad's roof doesn't leak. Set the expectations low. That solves the problem. All right. Okay. Well, I want to hear your solution for this next problem because this is what we want to get into over the next hour or so. There's the entitlement issue that comes with this question. Should we bring the holidays down? There's also the issue of competition. And this article goes on to say that Women in particular, I'm not going to exclude men from this this particular topic, but women specifically are egging each other on online through social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest is a big one. We're seeing what our neighbors are doing and we're trying to one up it. Would you guys agree there? Oh, absolutely. And just like with what you mentioned, how you're newly married, think of all the people that post all their wedding pictures up, kind of brag about what they did there. And even with Pinterest, you know, all these women that are planning their weddings, which I mean, when you're looking at what they have, mm-hmm. it's a ton of money that they're planning on spending. It's just, be, I think it's just going out of control. 
Guys, any opinions there? I I feel like you're 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 right. Guys don't really try to outdo each other that much, but it's still there. The whole oh, we're doing this great epic thing for St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. like. Like, really? You're going to make a huge deal out of St. Patrick's Day. But at the same time, I want to make a huge deal out of my St. Patrick's Day. But <laughs> I have a job, and I have school, and I have stuff to take care of, and right. the laundry isn't going to do itself. Ears. But leprechauns aren't going to do it either. They won't, because they're not real. Yeah. Spoiler. Where, here's where it's going to melt down for guys. You go home to your significant other, mm-hmm. and she's making a big deal about it. And you say, mm. honey, all right, you don't have to make a big deal about this. And somehow she'll take that as an insult get really mad at you. Because she wants to have a party, right? She wants to have a green-themed leprechaun party. Well, Madison kind of hit the nail on the head with a single word. And it honestly is a word that I haven't heard for years. But we're going to put it to the forefront today. And that word is bragging. Do we brag online? And as a result, is that causing this online competition to fester among among women, among even men sometimes, and among online users. And as a result, is social media squashing our self-esteem? We're going to get into that today a little bit with a couple of guests who I think you'll really appreciate their opinions. But be thinking of that. Any examples of online bragging that you guys have seen? You're thick you in the, the social media. You ask the Wall Street Journal and they say yes. Give it to us. What does the Wall Street have to say? These are actual Facebook status updates Okay. of maybe some more well-to-do Facebook users, you know, people who are more successful in life. Swam 30 minutes today despite having a large amount of some expensive brand of chocolate. Brag. On the plane last night. Brag. Got my first royalty check for my book today. Sunset sale turned into a moonlight sale. Shooting stars everywhere. Perfect. That's probably the worst brag that I have a boat and you don't that I think I've ever heard. Is it because it hurts personally or is it because it's just a plain blatant brag? A plain blatant okay. brag. Okay. And the Wall Street Journal quotes our own Julie Hanks. Who we love and who know. We, who was on the air a couple hours ago. Yes. She says, we brag because we can. Mm. I was intrigued by the the title of that article. So elaborate a little bit more, Rob, if you will. The title is Are We All Braggers? So did they come to a consensus or a conclusion? Are we all braggers? Basically, yeah. Yeah? You know, because you have kids who are, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the first generation of kids who every photo of them from the day they were born, car ride home, every little childhood thing gets posted to a blog or to Facebook. Every single first, have you noticed? Every single baby first now gets documented, right? We're putting it out there for the world to see. And it wasn't that that didn't happen before, but it used to go in a photo album and you pull it out once every 10 years and you could feel special going, oh, I remember that. Right. Now we share it with our 500 plus friends on Facebook. None of whom who care. Or if they do care, it's only because they feel guilty because their kid isn't doing that yet. There's a little bit of unfortunate truth to that. <laughs> truth to the fact that what? That uh, it's that the only people who really care are either the people who have to care because they're family or okay, the people now, who come really on. want do you it. Have to, do you have to care just because you're family? I care no, about you, my niece. No, well, you don't have to care just because you're family. You don't have You to can care. still ignore it. <laughs> oh, you guys the are ruthless. Okay, so even a topic that is grabbing the attention of the Wall Street Journal, Journal concluding we are all braggers. We're going to get into that today a little bit. Talk about the online envy we experience, the competition that festers online, and we're going to hopefully offer you some straightforward solutions on how we can take that online envy out of our own life. That's all coming up today on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New information about sports concussions leads to advanced helmet designs that can save lives as well as games. This is Innovation Now. 
bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Modern medical research is showing us that contact sports like football and hockey can be far more dangerous than we knew. Pro football players may take as many as 1,500 hits to their heads in just one year. What doctors are learning about concussions and traumatic brain injuries shows that even small, light hits to the head can accumulate damaging effects over time. Helmet makers have been making incremental improvements to their products all along, and the helmets in today's sports can ably survive what are called linear straight-on impacts. But new research on concussions shows that helmets could do a better job if they also protected against sudden rotations of the head, which is common in football tackles. A Swedish helmet developer is now marketing an advanced helmet to protect your brain against these rotational loads. An inner liner cap rides on your head, connected to the padding and outer shell by elastic attachments. The outer part of the helmet slides across this cap, deflecting and absorbing much of the rotational energy of impacts. Hopefully, this will prevent a lot more concussions and lifetime brain injury. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For the best in BYU sports coverage, get a front row view with True Blue. Tune in to Dave McCann for all the great highlights, insightful interviews, and complete game recaps. This season, True Blue airs a half hour later on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Mountain. With in-depth reports about athletes and coaches, plus guest appearances from legendary players and media, we'll keep you in the BYU Sports Loop. Get a front row view with True Blue on your home of the Cougars, BYU TV. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. I am not Matt Townsend, as you can probably tell from the female tone in my voice. I'm Brooke Walker, guest hosting today for Matt, who has a few days off. He's vacationing with his family in sunny St. George, Utah. I guess we could give him a couple days off. He works hard enough. Hope he's having a good time and hope you're enjoying the ride here today on the Matt Townsend Show as we dive into a really juicy topic, is social media squashing our self-esteem? As we start to look into this topic over the last few days the last week and explored it on a deeper level, there were several blog posts that came to my attention dealing with this very same topic, talking about the online envy that we sometimes experience when we look in on another's Facebook page, Twitter feed, Pinterest boards. One particular article caught my attention because it focused in on perhaps a more focused issue, and that is competition. Do we compete online, and is that fueling our online envy? The article is titled Battle of the Moms. It was posted on on the website for allmomkind.blogspot.com. And the author end of that article and that, that blog is joining us today live on the line. Lindsay Franson, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So this article has really generated some serious buzz. I think you hit a nerve. Let's kind of set it up because it comes from a personal place. Like many other moms, you spend time each day online. I do. Yep. On Pinterest, on Instagram, Facebook, Um, I dabble in all of those social media outlets, so I'm for sure in tune with all of that. And you recently made an observation as you're peeking in on your friend's Facebook page, on your other family members' blogs. What was that observation you made? Well, it's this. We are in a constant competition with one another, and we are constantly um, tearing down ourselves in order to compliment other moms. And really what ends up happening is you kind of find yourself on a hamster wheel and you really can't keep up and we start to think 
in terms of Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, if that makes sense, kind of planning for your next mm-hmm. post, your next picture that you post. That makes perfect um, sense. Yeah, we start preparing ourselves for the next competition and planning how we're going to make ourselves look better than, you know, maybe the other mom or whoever it might be. And really, it's a battle that we set ourselves up to lose. Why do you think we do it then? You kind of touched on the need to maybe keep up with the Joneses, kind of maintain Mm -hmm. our own perfect appearance. But why do we put ourselves down based on what other people are doing? Well, I think that is the society that we live in today. Um, We've kind of been taught... We believe that it's wrong or arrogant to have a positive opinion of ourselves. And so instead of just accepting a compliment, it seems that we have to justify it and tear ourselves down in the process. And vice versa, in order to build someone up and give someone else a compliment, uh, we end up tearing ourselves down. And it's as though our society has gotten to the point where a compliment means more mm-hmm. if the person who's giving it is belittling themselves or their own abilities and talents. And really, I wonder if because of, because of moms, we don't receive a ton of praise and validation mm-hmm. um, from that job, that we also find ourselves turning to those social media outlets to get the likes and the comments and that validation that sometimes we seek from other people. I think that's a huge aha. Women so often are the validators, right? And we're not excluding men from this topic today, but I think there's a particular angle to explore with women. And I know it's the angle you kind of tackle daily in your blog for All Mom Kind, but it's it's the fact that women are constantly validating their children, their husbands, their families. Mm-hmm. Do you think they end up feeling a little empty themselves? I think sometimes, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's sad to me that it turns in that direction um, because we, we're in such a powerful position of being moms and being women that it really should be the opposite. We should be building each other up and supporting one another because, you know, really no one knows better how hard it is to be a mom than another mom herself. And, and so you make we that really point, just need to flip it around. You make that point, I think, so well in your article. You talk about the power in being united and coming together as women, as moms, as like-minded group. Do moms need that support from other moms, do you think? I absolutely think that they do. And I think to a certain degree, this can be a little bit good. I think that being a mom is by far the toughest job out there, but it's also the most rewarding. And I, don't get me wrong, I like seeing the bright spots of other moms' day, and I think the key is just to keep a healthy perspective and recognize that we all feel inadequate and we are all going to have days where we feel like our heads are spinning into orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than isolating ourselves and killing ourselves to keep up that image, I think it's important to have other mom friends who know what it's like and who, can, who you can let down to. Um, you know, being a mom can sometimes feel so lonely, and I really think we make it even lonelier for ourselves by trying to keep up with one another. Mm-hmm, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I love that in your this particular blog post, again, we're talking to Lindsay Franson, author of the article Battle of the Moms that was posted recently on the blog for allmomkind.blogspot.com. And Lindsay, you make two great points at the end of your article. And I always love it when a blog post comes to a conclusion or comes to a call of action of some sort. So it's not just a rant, right? Or it's not just a venting session, but you really have put forward and put on paper two points that we can learn from this identification of this competition that's happening online. The first is that we all feel unfit to be a mom or to be whatever we are at any given point. Yeah, I don't care who you are, you know, and I'm speaking in terms of being a mom, but every mom has been in the situation where there's laundry all over the house and you just don't have time for a shower that day or whatever it may be. At one point in time, 
we all have been there. And if you haven't, you're going to get there. Um, so we all know what it's like. And so like I said, we just really need to flip this thinking around um, and just stop competing, stop Stop the comparisons. And the second conclusion, I think, has wide appeal and application. The, the conclusion you make at the end of the article is we need to accept and embrace that we are all doing the best we can, kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. And I think what it boils down to is we don't care about anybody in this world more than we do our kids. And um, I just think, you know, our children are either going to learn one of two things, that they will never be good enough compared to other people or that they, all they can do is better themselves and work on being the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility as moms to teach them, you know, to learn how to gain their confidence from within rather than from comparing themselves to others and tearing others and ourselves down. And how hypocritical is it if we want them to be that way, but we don't set the example ourselves? And I made that point in the article. I don't want my little girl to grow up, you know, feeling like she has to tear herself down in order to build someone up. And I don't want her to feel like other people are beneath her in order to feel better about herself. And so we really just need to set the example. It's not fair um, to want to raise our children to be that way. Yeah, we aren't if we aren't doing it ourselves. And like you pointed out earlier in our conversation, not fair to throw them into this hamster wheel, this game, this competition, they'll never win. I'm curious to know this article did come from a personal place for you. Have you found Mm -hmm. yourself thinking differently since posting it? Yeah, I I definitely have tried to uh, keep the perspective that at the end of the day, we're only going to post our best. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you take 50 pictures of the same thing, you're going to choose the best one. And because everybody is posting their best, um, I think we become bombarded by what we see as perfect moms and wives. Um, And not only does it kind of make you feel like you aren't living up to the standard, but at the same time, we are putting more and more expectations on ourselves by trying to achieve those perfect pictures. And it really is a double-edged sword because you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to drive yourself crazy because you're going to feel like you can't keep up with other moms. And that translates over to not being able to keep up with yourself, I think. Exactly. So I think it's really a matter of retraining your brain and the way we think about other moms and about ourselves. And so that's really what I've been trying to do since that article has been posted is just kind of try to retrain my brain and the way that I think about it. I think you've inspired other people to train their brains as well. I was I was perusing some of the comments and the feedback on, on this particular post, and I wanted to share a couple of them. You got a comment from a user known as the White Silk Purse who said, Amen, I am now an old mom, old enough to have grandchildren, and I agree with you completely. Thank you for encouraging cooperation rather than competition. And the Sants commented and said, Thank you for the reminder. I've actually stopped reading a lot of blogs because of this reason. What have been some other feedback that you've received, some other comments that have, have come to you be, regarding this article? Mostly the emails that I've received have just been a thank you for the reminder. And by far, this has been, you know, the most popular article that we've posted. We've had over 500 readers that have viewed this article. And so I think it's something that we need to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all know deep down, but I think we just need the reminder that no, that no mom is perfect and that they don't live every second of their lives being super mom. Yeah. Um, but we just become so bombarded by it. So I hope it just serves as a reminder, and I hope, I hope that you know, moms will share this with other moms they know because it, it really is a reminder that we all need to hear. You've definitely started the conversation, if not furthered it, and we're so grateful you joined us today. I know uh, For All Momkind is a fairly new website. Tell us a little bit about, about your forum. It is new. So it actually started with a Facebook page. Um, For All Momkind was a place where you could come and ask other moms questions about 
you know, anything, anything at all that you have about the questions about mothering. And from there, it kind of translated over into the blog. And the response that we have gotten has been so positive, and um, it's been so fun to kind of see those moms rise to the occasion and support one another. And, you know, it's really a, a, a positive place. It's not a place that you'll come and find negative things tearing each other down, but a place where we can offer support. And so I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Um, well, congratulations. You're doing a great job. And you. one thing I love about your blog is at the end of every post, you have a personalized signature that you stamp on there that relates to the topic you just wrote about. So various authors will kind of leave their imprint, their personal opinions mm-hmm. on the topic. And on this particular article, I think I'll wrap up with just how you concluded it, because it was so clever and really got to the heart of the point. You said, Lindsay is done competing already. Can't we all just bond over sit up and spit up and blowouts, right? Exactly. Well said. Day, that's what it's all about. Well said. Lindsay Franson, <laughs> author of the blog for allmomkind.blogspot.com. Thank you so much for kicking off this topic for us today. Thanks. Have a great day. This is just the launching point for the rest of our discussion is social media squashing our self-esteem. And what can we do as individuals to overcome that online envy? We'll continue that conversation when we come back on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 on BYU Radio. Broadcast from the campus of BYU, the Wheatley Forum brings you topics ranging from fostering integrity to financial security. Join expert researchers and panelists to hear uplifting and motivating scholarly discussions. Tune in to the Wheatley Forum, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Oral arguments over California's Proposition 8 in the Supreme Court ended today with no clear direction for a ruling from the justices. It now seems likely the case may not have a broad national impact. New abortion-restricting measures were approved in North Dakota today, banning termination of pregnancy after the fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which can be as early as just six weeks. In Virginia, another controversial law was signed today. Governor Bob McDonnell approved a measure to require voters to show a photo ID before being allowed to cast a ballot. The legislation also creates a new free form of photo ID for anyone who does not already have one. Julia Pearson, a 30-year veteran of the Secret Service, has been appointed by President Obama to be the first female director of the Secret Service. Her appointment will highlight a change of culture within the organization. SpaceX's Dragon capsule is scheduled to complete its third of 12 round trips to the International Space Station today. Crews aboard the station released the robotic capsule earlier today and sent it on a landing path for the Pacific Ocean. In world news, the Syrian regime's vacant seat at an international Arab summit was filled today by opposition leaders. The bold move was praised with applause by other regional representatives, signaling further isolation for regime president Bashir Assad. North Korean leaders repeated threats today, warning they are ready for combat as international sanctions continue to tighten. Even longtime ally China is calling the current situation sensitive. And a 17-year-old British teen sold his smartphone app to Yahoo today for an impressive $30 million. He started working on the app when he was just 15. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Brooke Walker today filling in for Matt. I'm a friend of his, and he said, hey, taking a little vacay with the family down to sunny St. George, Utah. Could just step in. So I'm doing my best. I'm no Matt Townsend, but hopefully today you're learning and you're listening along as we dive into the topic, is social media squashing our self-esteem? We've kind of set up the topic a little bit. I'd love to get into some solutions, how we really can overcome the online envy, and there is no one better to help us do that than my dear friend, Connie Sokol, life coach and author from ConnieSokol.com. Connie, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, it's a treat. I'm so glad to be with you. I thought of this topic and I thought of you because you have such real-life, down-to-earth perspective. And something interesting to me about this topic is 10 years ago, it really wasn't even an issue. If we identify mommy envy, what did that look like a decade ago? Oh, I think I think there's always been mommy envy, but I really do think now the social media gives us just such a, a greater expansion of expressing that rather than we could feel that way we could see someone at the soccer game and go wow she looks great and i feel like a loser but now it's being posted everywhere twitter facebook website blog and so now i think women feel a special crowding in of you should be and why aren't you and i feel less than what are some common if we want to call them envy traps some common envy traps that that not just women but people in general get caught up to get caught up in well, I think that very thing of feeling less than because one of the things is when when someone's talking like at a soccer game and, oh, I did this and I just put out my, my new book or I just did a new little boutique and it's going so great. I think what women do is when they hear this, then they think, oh, I should be doing blah, blah, blah. I just got this award for motherhood and I'm telling you, I was sitting there listening to these other 20-something women, these sweet little things, excerpts about them, and the young mother of the year stood up and said, wow, you ladies are an intimidating bunch. Here is the woman that has been chosen as Young Mother of the Year, and she still was listening to everybody else's accomplishments and automatic feeling feeling less than within herself, even though she was just given this great big award. So I think that feeling less than is, is the first kind of trap that we can get into. And it's, it's interesting because this feeling, this less than feeling can build while we are sitting home in our pajamas, right, with spit up right. on our shoulders, looking in on this beautiful neighbor and her beautiful family and her beautiful kids via Facebook. What's the harm in letting those jealous or those envious feelings fester and build? Well, I think it just continues to reinforce in your mind that that is her reality every day. I know when I've spoken, I speak at Education Week and all these different places, and people have come up to me afterwards and so graciously said, wow, that was so great. I wish I could be you. I wish I could be as put together. And I laugh and immediately dispel that notion because I tell them, you should have seen me an hour and a half ago. I was running around the house. I can't find my earrings because my daughters have taken them for dress up. And then I, I've got... Cheerios going down the front of my thing. My baby has a blowout diaper, and I had to change him. I've got a, a run in my hose. I mean, this is the reality of, of what it's like, and I wish more women, and, and this is my shout-out and my solution to this, is that they would put more of this stuff on their blog. The real-life stuff. The real-life stuff, and not feel like they've got to portray this beautiful kind of existence, and not that we don't have those days. We do, and I don't want to hear all the woes and, and boo-hoos about being a mom. 
mom. I don't want to hear all of that all the time either. But it's just not a realistic picture when that's all we're seeing on some of these blogs. It's just beautiful pictures, beautiful children, beautiful moments, and it's just not realistic. I'm with you. I'm all about celebrating the beautiful, right? We want to put our best foot forward and celebrate the good things in our life that are going well. But what would be the harm really in in maybe taking a snapshot of the laundry room with the piles that are building and building? I'm speaking from personal experience here. Or, Or maybe taking a picture of the dinner that burnt. Don't you think that makes us a little bit more endearing? Oh, absolutely. And we immediately connect with other women because we go, oh, okay, she's down to earth. She's real. She's had those experiences. We have something in common. And that's what I don't think women realize. With all the cyberness that's going on out there, these cyber friendships, the cyber, look at me, here's my life, here I'm opening myself up to you, more and more women are lonely. And I think the reason why is because it's not real connection. It's, it's just a facade out there. And instead of being real, and I think women need to trust themselves and trust other people that if they just show a little more reality that women who would be like a real good friend in real life Mm -hmm. would want to seek them out rather than I'm going to try to collect people who think that I am X, Y, or Z. When if you actually met on the street or went to lunch, you probably wouldn't even enjoy each other. Right, right. My mind goes, as you were talking, my mind went to that Michael Buble song, and I'm going to slaughter the lyrics, but I'm in a crowded room and I feel so alone. It's interesting. We're connecting more, right? Technically, we have more friends if you go by Facebook status, but there's a benefit to quality relationships, isn't there? That's right. And that's, you know, on those bad days, you need someone to put an arm around you. Just this morning, I was talking with a friend of mine, and and she was having a hard day. You can't convey that on Facebook. There are things she needed to discuss, and feelings and intuition as I'm sitting talking with her. I'm starting to ask questions because I feel to ask them. That cannot happen on a Facebook exchange. Yes, Mm -hmm. you can exchange questions, but you are only going to share so much. And then we come away, and we're both more bonded to one another because I've been there. I put my arm around her. We've been talking face-to-face. And and I think it was Marjorie Pay Hinckley that said, you know, we all need someone to take our hand. We need someone to give us a squeeze, you know, and that's what's missing for women in this day and age. We yearn, we need that one-on-one connection. But the more we post these kinds of things, the less close we feel to one another. Often those envious feelings, when we sit back in our pajamas and we're reading the Facebook posts and the updates and the statuses, those envious feelings you point out come from a place of comparison. We're holding our light up to hers or up to theirs or up to his. You call it the compare zone. Why is that a dangerous zone to step into? Well, because then we start immediately comparing their best to our worst and assuming that that's what happens in their life every single day and that that's the reality and it's not. And so when we start doing that, then we start judging that woman or we start saying really nasty, mean things about their blog or her as a person or just comments that you wouldn't even say out loud in that person's presence or even maybe even to a friend. And so this whole comparison just starts to make us live in these tight, tight ways. We get judgmental. We look for flaws. We start looking for why she shouldn't be. Oh, no, she says on her blog that she does this or they had this wonderful experience. But I know that her yard, her stuff is all over the yard. And they had a bunch of diapers out there the other day. And that's that's the conversation that starts to happen. And it's sad because then we can't celebrate this woman's joyful things, then we're looking for the negative so that we can validate our own existence. Connie, you've set up the scenario so well, spoken to our hearts. I want to take a quick break and then come back with some solutions if we can. You've identified three reasons why we often feel less than when it comes to those online relationships and three ways that we can conquer it and overcome that online envy. We're talking to Connie Sokol, life coach and author at ConnieSokol.com. We'll also talk about a few fun projects Connie has in the works. That, when the Matt Townsend Show returns right after this, you're listening to Sirius XM1 
1043 on BYU Radio. Have guests coming over to the International Space Station? We'll just inflate the spare room. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. One thing we're always short of in space is, well, space. Living room. Whether for a space station or a future Mars mission, creating enough room in orbit for people to live and work in safety and comfort is a big engineering problem. Everything has to come up on a rocket, limiting the size and weight of what you can launch or forcing you to send it up in pieces. But there is another way to go, and NASA will try it out on the International Space Station. Robert Bigelow has had two private modular space stations in orbit since 2006. The Bigelow modules are made of folded-up, high-tech fabric layers and inflate like large, expanding balloons, creating high volume at low weight once they reach orbit. Bigelow originally bought the technology from NASA and has spent years improving on the concept, including adding layers of Kevlar and water to protect astronauts from radiation, meteoroids, or space debris. Multiple modules can combine to make larger, lightweight structures. NASA will test the inflatable module for radiation resistance and suitability during a two-year technology demonstration scheduled to begin in 2015. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Start your day off right with The Morning Show. Host Marcus Smith always gives you something new to think about. I want to live my life all over again, and it's because I've got the wrong career. Uh, well, there's 12 different careers. I want, to be, uh, I want to be a rock star. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be a clinical psychologist. I think that'd be fantastic, too. But boy, you hear, you hear about what people actually study, and I just, I'm just mesmerized by it. Catch The Morning Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show, and I have to be honest, I'm having a blast while Matt's away. My name is Brooke Walker, guest hosting this afternoon, and pleased to bring you the topic is social media squashing our self-esteem. We've kind of put the ball on the tee, and now we're ready to get to some actual solutions. We have live on the line Connie Sokol, a dear friend of mine, a life coach and author. She monitors the website ConnieSokol.com. She's identified some really interesting reasons behind this online envy that we often feel, not just as women, but really as social media users. And Connie, I wanted to get into some solutions now. You've identified three main core reasons why we feel less than sometimes as we're looking at Facebook pages and blogs. And you've got some solutions, things we can do instead. So reason number one, we feel less than because we feel like it can be done. Explain that. Well, I think when we hear about someone doing creating this beautiful meal or they made their daughter's, you know, Halloween costume and it was incredible and won a prize in the contest, then we start feeling like we should be doing it. And that to me is just a huge leap that we make and it's not helpful. We we start thinking of all the things that should have happened during the day. I should have made this marvelous meal. I should have been spending more time with my children and then we start feeling like we're just behind, we can never catch up and completely overwhelmed and then we just don't want to do anything. Then we get paralyzed. So instead, when someone we see someone doing something marvelous, getting some award or doing something wonderful for their family, we can just say good job. It's so simple. We can take our personal feelings right out of the mix in the sense of feeling less than, and we just step for one minute, 60 seconds, in their shoes and think, how would it feel to be them? It would be so exciting. It would be so wonderful. It would be fabulous. 
that's what we can give them, a great job, because most women are not even getting a great job. People Mm -hmm. have a hard time saying, you did super, way to go. I just, a friend of mine this morning just said her book launches in two days, and and she put it up, and already she sold several, many, many books, and she was so excited, and I could feel in her voice, she was so thrilled when I said, great job, because she's not going to get that from a lot of women, unfortunately. So we can just say, good job. And we need that sincere validation, don't we? I mean, when you say it, it feels good. When you hear it, it feels even better. Absolutely. And it opens up, you know, that that conduit, that trust, that connection immediately with another woman, because that shows that you are confident. You're confident enough in yourself to be able to tell somebody else, that was awesome. That was great. That means you know that you are good at other things. And so you're not comparing. Reason number two, you've identified that we often feel less than as we're looking in on Facebook and blogs and other people's online existences and lives. You say we create unrealistic expectations and we don't allow people or even ourselves to develop. There's kind of that that applaud in the process, right? That's right. Absolutely. And again, it brings us joy to celebrate with somebody else. But we don't have that huge high bar that says to somebody else, well, it was okay. What you did was just okay. But, you know, if someone says, wow, I made this beautiful quilt, and they say, oh, well, so are you selling them? And if they said they're selling them, we say, well, how many did you sell? And then we start giving this person this feeling of they've got to meet some certain kind of a high bar instead of just celebrating, wow, they made a quilt. And even if you can see these glaring stitches at you, you can just say, great, that's wonderful, and celebrate that progress. I liken it a lot, too, when our kids have our piano recitals. You know, like I've said, they're hitting one out of every three notes, and your ears are killing you. You're thinking, (laughs) how long is this going to last? But at the end, you tell them, great job, because you know what it took, the fears that they overcame, everything that they had to go through to get to that point. Wow, it's wonderful we can celebrate with another woman and say, great job along the way, and know that they're not at the end point before we have to say, jump up and down, say, nice. I love that. We need more of that. And you and I have talked before how we kind of live in a day and age of one-hit wonders. Yes. And it's all, did it go viral? And how much, like that little news bit, you know, here a 15-year-old sells an app for $30 million. We feel like we got to hit it out of the park the first time. And, and we don't. We really don't. I remember when I started writing, and I, I, there was a little teeny town newspaper, and I had had a few children, and I want to get back into writing, and so I, I sent some samples of writing, some columns to them. It was so small, it's not even in print anymore. But I sent it to them, and I didn't hear back. And then finally, I got this gumption to call them. And, and I was so afraid. And they said, oh, yeah, we're running your first column on Wednesday. You know, it took that first thing. It was a little dinky newspaper. And I didn't tell anyone because I was so embarrassed. Well, three years later, you know, I'm writing for Deseret News, one of right. the major newspapers here. So if I'd set that bar so high for myself, I never would have gone on to something else. I would have just said, no, it's too big. So we celebrate the progress, the process. Absolutely. Reason number three, again, we're talking to Connie Sokol, life coach and author at ConnieSokol.com. She's identified three reasons we often feel less than when we're kind of surfing other people's online lives and looking into all of their great accomplishments. Reason number three, Connie, it pushes our Pharisees button. What's a Pharisees button? <laughs> yes, I just love this because women were so justice-oriented. You know, if a woman's beautiful and she can sing and she can dance and she can play sports and she can be a great mother, we just say she got too much and that's just not fair. You know, like, like there's some store that, you know, she's cleaned off all the shelves and so we don't get any more. And that's just not how life is. It truly is not. There is so much for all of us. And if we can just step back and realize we all have our own individual gifts. I was just telling my kids the other night, I said, we're all like a little seed packet inside. We have all these seeds and we don't know what they're going to be. So we have to plant them. We've got to try some things and then we'll see them start to bloom. And that's our talents, our abilities, and you'll find them in places you never even realize. But give it a try. Risk 
risk failure, risk embarrassment, and you never know what you're going to find. And you have a great, a great tip, a great piece of advice. If we observe someone who seems to have it all together, even though we know sometimes it's smoke and mirrors, right, when it comes to our yeah. online lives. That's but right. if you see someone who's accomplished something great, you say, ask them how they did that. Oh, absolutely. I have a friend who is a master at this. She totally picks people's brains and says, well, how did you do that? And how do you get your, your um, food story so organized? And, and how do you get your kids to be able to do their chores without fussing? And she systematically applies these things in her life. It is amazing. And she is a fabulous woman because she learns from other women. She doesn't feel like, oh, somebody got a greater thing than I did. She learns how they did it. And you know what? I love that this comes back to you in waves, all of these three things. When you you ask someone, how did you do that, or show interest, or celebrate, or say whatever, it comes back to you. I was laughing to myself just this morning. I am, my friend had gone to Paris two years ago because they had to use up their sky miles Mm -hmm. and they had this opportunity to go to Paris and I was so happy. Dear friend, I was so happy for her. But You're celebrating her. Yes, I wanted to stow away in her suitcase. I'm like, wait, let me go. (laughs) A week in Paris, how fun is that? And it was just last minute. But I was truly happy for her and celebrating and I asked her, wow, how'd you guys do that? Da, 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 da. Okay, so recently I was talking with a friend, and she mentioned that she was doing a photography workshop in Paris. And I, my eyes just lit up because I'm writing a book about a character that does that. And we got chatting. She said, oh, well, one of my child care ladies couldn't come, and one of my models. So do you want to come and help with my kids? And then you could stay at this 25-bedroom chateau. Oh. I'm like, gee, let me think. So I'm talking to my husband, and my daughter is, is has started <laughs> Let me modeling. think about that. Um, okay. I don't know. Let me check. And that, sure enough, we checked, and we, I remembered my friend going to Paris and learning what she did and how yeah. she did this, this, this language program. And so I checked our Sky Miles, and it was fabulous. And I truly feel, because I was truly happy for my friend, mm-hmm. I feel like the door of serendipity opened for me. And here came this wonderful experience. I didn't close it off with feeling jealous or angry that my friend got to do something cool. Now I get to do something cool, too, and we can share that. Well, let me ask you this. I had a friend recently who got so caught up in the online envy to the point it was emotionally bringing her down. I mean, almost on a daily basis, she found herself really discouraged, you know, really down on herself. She had to unplug from it all. No more Facebook, no more blogs. Is that in this day and age, is that a realistic thing to do? Is that a genuine way to deal with those ugly feelings? Absolutely. I think that is a really smart thing that she did because what that's doing is it's, it's, it's a law of diminishing returns. And some people are more susceptible to it than others, and I think that's a really personal call. But I absolutely, I limit my time on blogs and Facebook things. I rarely, I mean, really can all considering, even though I have a Facebook page, I post my comments and my website director puts them on, and then I respond to people who make comments. But I, I don't often go kind of blog searching, and you'd think that I would since I'm speaking to women, but that very thing can happen. I know with authors, they, there's a site on Amazon that you can check your rankings and all these different things. And I remember my this one gal um, put up a book, and um, she had been kind of, I have to say, she had been mean-spirited with me before with some different successes that I had had. And so I was so happy for her, and I, I looked on it when she had gotten it put up, and I was going to put a little comment, and I happened to notice her ranking, and it was great. And she was selling super good, like the first mm. day out. And I have to tell you, I'm sad to admit, that made me feel so less than. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's her first day out, and wow. And then I noticed later on in the day, I was going on to do something else, and I checked her ranking again. Mm. And that's when I stopped and said, and it did not make me feel good, and I stopped and said, no. I'm not going there. This is ridiculous. I am happy for her. This is a wonderful thing, and I'm not checking rankings again. And I didn't. 
I've not checked any of my author friends. I just don't do that. I put a little message saying, I'm so happy for you. This is wonderful. Good luck. And I don't even check because this is exactly what we can do, especially if it's a hot button for us. Right, right. So how do we know? You were able to put in kind of those those self-checks, that process where you knew, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to look at that. What's a good rule of thumb? How do we know when we should unplug and just detox, so to speak? Well, first, I think a time limit is huge because you can be going on for an hour and not even know it. You barely feel like you've gotten on. So I think setting a timer by the computer is really huge. And then second, where are the sites that you are looking? Are you constantly going to the same sites where it's perfect and beautiful and everything looks lovely? Ask yourself why. What is the hit that I'm getting from this when I walk away five minutes later and I don't feel good about my life? It's kind of like I was sharing with my mom a little bit ago when we used to go to the Parade of Homes when we were um, younger. we go and look through all these beautiful ideas. And I said, as I got older, I noticed that women, some friends of mine, that when they come back from Pride of Homes, they had this total house issue with their own home. They didn't Mm -hmm. like it anymore. I felt that. I want a new bathroom right now. Exactly. Instead of taking the ideas and saying, wow, I want to try that in my own home. So go to those avenues that will work for you. And if you can feel yourself turning that way, don't go back to that blog. Mm -hmm. Because for whatever reason, it's it's a hot button for you. And it would be good to figure out why. But just don't go there. What is it going to take, do you think, to turn this trend around? I mean, as we consider that social networks, Facebook, Twitter, they're only getting bigger, right? They're only growing and expanding in users and communication. Are we going to be able to turn this online envy trend around, kind of keep the jealousy problem from getting worse and getting bigger? Well, if it continues like it is, I see it getting worse and making us disconnected if we are not intentional when we are on the social network sites. And that, to me, means we have something else going in our lives. We've got to have some purpose, some hobby, something that that drives us other than sitting down at a computer screen and finding out what everybody else is doing yeah, in their life. Yeah. And I think this is a huge thing that is missing in women's lives. They've lost that, that self-awareness of being able to say, what do I love to do? Even if I don't go start a franchise with her, or even if I don't get 30 million hits, what, what do I love to do? And going back to really um, re-enjoying that joy, the authentic joy of, of making a pie or doing a Zumba class, but not trying to get your heart rate up so you can lose five pounds, but just going and doing for the enjoyment of it yes. and, and for maybe contributing to others in the way that works for you. And I think as women do that, and then they share a little bit about that, they will be able to keep that better balance of 80% living my life, 10 to 15% sharing about it. I love that. I love that percentage breakdown. Is there anything positive to be gained from these feelings of envy? When they, Even the smallest feeling of envy, when it settles in, can we, can we be motivated from that at all? I think if, if we are intentional again about it and we can kick back with a, ooh, how did she do that? Ooh, mm-hmm. I would love to try that. Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, I wonder how that worked out for her. So curiosity. Some, that curiosity and something that adds a positive vein. As soon as you start feeling the comparison, as soon as you start feeling less than, then switch it or send a little note that says, hey, sounds wonderful, so happy for you. And that positive hit that you give, that little endorphin release, mm-hmm. by sending that little happy note, will switch that for you as long as you catch that quick. Fill in the blank for us, Connie, as we wrap this up. You've offered some great solutions. Again, we're talking to Connie Sokol, author and life coach with ConnieSokol.com. If I was asked you to fill in the blank, let's replace envy with what? Purpose. Purpose. Personal purpose. Because when you are doing something you love to do and feel strongly to do, you are so happy for other people doing what they love to do. Well, Connie, we are so happy for you and thrilled and grateful you were able to join us today. You just released a new book. Tell us about it. 
Yes, 40 Days with the Savior. It's for a more Christ-centered Easter, and that's on Amazon. And then we'll release Life is Too Short for One Hair Color Collection next month for Mother's Day. So we're really happy. And you're always giving kind of pieces of life advice on ConnieSocal.com. You have a newsletter people can sign up for as well. Absolutely. If you go on the homepage of ConnieSocal.com, you can sign up for the newsletter. And we send it out every week with discounts and fun life tips and humorous yet helpful things. So we'd love to have you join us. Well, you've given us both today helpful tips and a little bit of humor. So, Connie, thank you so much for your life perspective. We really appreciate it. Oh, you betcha. So fun. That's Connie Sokol with ConnieSokol.com talking about how to overcome the online envy as we continue to explore. Our topic today is social media squashing our self-esteem. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to get to the science of bragging, why we do it. Understanding that is crucial in stopping the bragging that's going on online and in our cyber lives. We're also going to have a humorous look at the social media networks that are tripping us up the most. Is it Pinterest? Is it Facebook? What prompts us to be our most braggy selves? That and more coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. This is Brooke Walker filling in for Matt today on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Here's a show for you deep thinkers, seekers of new ideas and constant learners. It's called Thinking Aloud. You can join host Marcus Smith to hear thoughtful interviews from guests. And with each new show, you can leave more inspired, enlightened, and educated. Tune in weekdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and 8.30 p.m. Eastern for Thinking Aloud. Here on 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Isn't it time for a little good on your Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Barack Obama has appointed the first female director of the Secret Service. The move is meant to highlight a change in culture for the service following numerous prostitution scandals during the president's last term. California's Proposition 8 is facing a not-so-scalding heat in the Supreme Court today. After oral arguments, there was no clear direction for a ruling from the justices and even a possibility the case would not lead to a national impact. New abortion-restricting measures were signed in North Dakota today, banning termination of pregnancy after the fetus has a detectable heartbeat, which can be as early as just six weeks. 
In Virginia, another controversial law was signed today. Governor Bob McDonnell approved a measure to require voters to show a photo ID before being allowed to cast a ballot. SpaceX's Dragon capsule is scheduled to complete its third of 12 round trips to the International Space Station today. Crews aboard the station released the robotic capsule and sent it on a landing path for the Pacific Ocean. In world news, the Syrian regime's vacant seat at an international Arab summit was filled today by opposition leaders. The bold move was praised with applause from other regional representatives, signaling further isolation for regime president Bashir Assad. North Korea's military is in combat ready mode and is ready to strike out at U.S. assets in the Pacific region as international sanctions continue to tighten. However, U.S. authorities say they are ready for any and all advances by the North Koreans. In India, officials are planning to protect rhinos on national reserves with armed guards and even drones in order to stop poachers from killing any more of the endangered species. Guards will even be given immunity from any charges for killing a poacher while protecting a rhino. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show, everybody. I'm Brooke Walker, filling in for my buddy and colleague Matt Townsend today while he takes a few days off. He's visiting sunny St. George, Utah with his family for spring break. So maybe you're on the road traveling to your own spring break destination. Hope you get there safely. Today we're kind of tackling the topic of online envy and approaching the bigger issue, the bigger question, does social media squash our self-esteem? And I'm joined by producer Bryce right now. He's kind of got some interesting insight into the science of bragging. Why do we do it? There's a science to it? There is. Have you heard of the me monster? No, tell me. I don't like this guy, and it's usually a guy, unfortunately, who (laughs) shows up to an event or a party or something, and he talks about him and how him is so awesome and the awesome things him has done. And that, and just goes on and on and on. Third person references, of course. Yes, and you just you don't. I'm not a violent person, but you know, I could make an exception. Uh, oh no, for that situation. No, turns out uh, they did uh, fMRI of people who were talking about themselves, or maybe not even purposely talking about themselves. Unsurprisingly, it hits that dopamine center in the brain. Right. That, that uh, rewarding. That oh, this feels really good. I really like this. I'm going to do this more. And so now we have the social media. We have all these ways that we can brag, but there isn't uh, there isn't an outside force like me at the party who can say, hey, you seem to only be talking about yourself and no one likes you, so go away. <laughs> Tell me you've never said that at a party, really. You know, I, uh, I'll um, plead the fifth on that. So, now we know why his party invitation number has dwindled in recent <laughs> weeks, right? Or you mean my exposure to me monsters. Ah, okay, uh, so okay, come on, okay. positive Good on point. This. But it turns out it's when, when we don't have someone there to say, no, don't do that. Or that's probably uncool to do that. You have all these social media things where I can just brag and brag and brag and brag some more. You can and stand on your soapbox and just preach it out there. Exactly. There's nothing to stop me. And we still get that rewarding sensation in our brains. Okay. Now you say you would shut down the me monster at a party, perhaps in a kind way. I know you, you play off the sarcasm cord, but you're a nice guy at heart. So you'd be kind about it. I know you would, but on social network, would you ever dare speak up and say, Hey dude, you're talking about yourself a little too much. I, I don't. And and I want to. I want to, but, 
you know, it's not my place to do that. So it's, you would just sit back and let them brag till just, the cows come home? Just let it go. But interesting to know the science behind that, that dopamine that kind of triggers the anxiousness in you. You want more, right? Mm-hmm. You want, you crave that validation. Absolutely, yeah. Have you ever been the me monster, Bryce? Uh, I try really hard not to be, but sometimes... You know, they bring up a certain subject or something that is really, you know, I'm awesome at and the me monster might come out. You know? Okay. All right. Well, but forgive it's my me brain's for it. fault. Always blame the brain. That kind of gets you out of a lot of things, doesn't it? I don't know. It depends on. <laughs> blame the brain. Blame the brain. Yeah. I like it. It's a new bumper sticker. We should get on that. Thanks so much, Bryce. Breaking down the science of why we brag. Well, we've kind of taken a thoughtful, more heartfelt approach to this topic, offering some solutions on how we can stop the online envy. Now we just want to have some plain fun with it. I'm joined on the line now by Rich DiGerolamo. Did I say that right, Rich? Good enough, Brooke. Close enough. enough. Rich and I are bonded. We're friends. I have to tell you, Rich, I already like you because I think I gave you three different dates and even a different month that you would be appearing on this show, and you just kind of went with it. (laughs) And and you even told me 3 o'clock today. I'm sorry. Look at me. Do you forgive me? Oh, you're the best. I'm I'm here to have fun. All over the map. Thank you so much. I can tell you're going to help us have some fun today. Uh, We've been talking over the last hour with some life coaches, some bloggers who have kind of identified this problem of bragging online. And and we've asked you to kind of come up with the top three offenders. Like what sites prompt us to brag the most? And we're going to count down. Can we count down with you? Go. Let's do it. Number three, you say Facebook. Big problem. Oh, I'd say say that's the worst. (laughs) Oh, we're, okay, let's start at the top. Why is Facebook such a big issue when it comes to bragging? I, I think people just want to be heard, you know, that they want to feel important, uh, you know, that they want to be seen. And, and I don't know whether, whether it's, you know, they, they have nothing to do in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I opened up my Facebook page and like, I'm, I'm just what we were just hearing, the me monster. I'm wonderful. I'm marvelous. Um, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm seeing. And, and there's like and one-way conversations. And then they put something out there, and I see people responding, and there's nothing. It's, it's just dead. No response back from the person. It's like crickets. You can just hear it. Yeah, well, what's, what's the deal? What's your beef with LinkedIn? Now, I have to confess, I'm not super familiar with LinkedIn, but you're all over it. Yeah, you know, I, I think what, we need, what, what happens on LinkedIn, which is a, more of a business professional site, uh, everybody is just trying to sell you something is really what it comes down to. Um, you, know, you open it up and people are just trying to sell you, sell you, sell you, sell you. And, and unfortunately, you know, I think people forget, you know, this simple rule, which is know me like me, try, you know, know me like me, try me, then buy me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And everybody seems to be doing it backwards. It's like, you know, buy me, buy me, buy me. This is how wonderful I am. You know, LinkedIn, for they just actually got rid of their answers forum where you were able to pose questions and hopefully find people who could help you resolve, you know, like an issue or something you were tackling or something. Right. And it was nothing but self-promotion. Gotcha. And then I would actually watch people fighting within a question, telling other people to stop self-promoting. It actually became comedy, Brooke. You were laughing at just the interchange that was going on. It was like the people who were calling people names were actually guilty of the exact same thing. Okay, let's move to the next one, Twitter. I'm fairly new to Twitter, but what interests me about it is it's like you're just standing on a soapbox and blasting out these sentences of information. When does the bragging take over on Twitter? (laughs) You know, know, it's funny with Twitter. I I don't really know what's going on. It's like, you know, follow me, don't follow me. You know, read this. You know, people are just, you know, putting things out there. By the way, I follow you on Twitter, Twitter, Rich. Okay. 
And, you know, most, <laughs> I, I try to put out my own original thoughts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I actually try, you know, do try to retweet some things, but there are people who are just nonstop feeding these threads, yeah. you know, all day long, just, li- you know, with links. And I have to tell you, Brooke, I'm not going to click on many links. You're, you, you just know, want, so what do you want from Twitter then? What is a healthy Twitter relationship to you online? You know, I mean, a healthy Twitter relationship to me is somebody who actually gets me thinking. Yeah. Somebody who challenges my thinking. So let me ask you this. You're the author of three books, your latest, Diary of the Happiest Employee on Earth. You speak internationally. You work with some great clients. I know many of your clients have topped the Fortune 10 list to the smallest nonprofits. You work with them all. You're doing a lot of great things. So do you ever use Twitter to promote kind of your books and your business? You know, I, I, yeah, I do. I, I absolutely do. But, you know, what, what I do with Twitter, um, actually, I, let me back up to what I do with really um, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of take a 70-30 rule, which is like 70% fun information, things to get people thinking, and 30% okay. mar- 30% marketing and sales. Okay, that's a good balance. Kind of keeps you in check. Yeah, and I think, you know, this one, when somebody, you know, when, like when I open up my Twitter streams, you know, some people just all the time, it's like, bye, bye, bye. And all of a sudden, it's like, unfollow, unfollow, because I don't want to hear, you know, from you constantly, buy from me. You know, give me something to make me laugh. Give me something to make me think. You know, give me something to actually take a call, you know, a call for action. Would you unfollow someone if they were maybe the biggest bragger on earth? Does bragging prompt you or, or is that social media, personal push, personal platform, would that prompt you to unfollow someone? I unfollow, unlink, and unfriend regularly. For that reason? <laughs> yes. Um, now, with some, and even some of my dearest friends, Brooke, and I'll tell you a good thing we're talking out in, like, Utah right now, but some of my dearest friends, um, I, won't, I will just hide them on Facebook. Oh, the sneaky hide. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I love you dearly, but every time you, I see your name, it's like, look how wonderful I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rich, you're a fun guy. I know that. You have a good sense of humor. Is there any entertainment in just sitting back and laughing at it at all? Oh, totally. I mean, I sit, I sit and laugh all the time, okay? I, I, when I need to laugh, believe it or not, I used to go to LinkedIn. I actually used to go to LinkedIn to, to the forum where the questions were. Mm-hmm. I used to go there for my laughter. Because Just for your two, entertainment. Better than a movie. Three people, better than the movie, because there were two or three people that were constantly fighting with one another in these question forums that actually made, made for good comedy. Well, you're a confident guy, Rich, so I want to ask you this. Has social media ever squashed your self-esteem? Have you ever looked at somebody else's accomplishments and felt a little less than yourself? Um, and I say you're com- confident as a compliment, by the way. I appreciate that in no, a person. <laughs> looking at their accomplishments, no, but at one point in time... When all of a sudden my number of friends went down and my number of followers went down, I, I started to feel terrible. <laughs> You're seeing the numbers, the stats go down and down and down. You know, and then I was like, well, you know, I had, I had 900 followers yesterday. Now I only have 899. You know, it- who doesn't like me? You know, who, who unfriended me? What did I say? And, and then one day I said, wait a minute. I said, well, why is it bothering you? I said, first of all, they could have died. Second of all, they, they could have decided to just get rid of their profiles and not participate anymore, you know, in, in this type of communication. I mean, there were so many different reasons. But you, you talk about self-esteem here. You know, there, there, I actually have had people who have said to me, why did you unfriend me? They actually found out that I unfriended them. Ooh, that's awkward. And I, but I told them the truth. Did you? You're a truthful guy up front. You just gave it to him. I, I said, listen, I said it was nothing but you trying to sell yourself something. 
Well, I know you sell happiness, Rich. You're all about helping employees be happy, helping corporations become happier places for employees to be. So how do we become happy online? What's the balance? You said 70-30 in terms of promotional balance, like 70% just happy opinions and positive thoughts, 30% promotion. But generally speaking, how do we save our self-esteem and just be happy online users? Well, one of the approaches that I take every day, Brooke, is every day I said to myself, I will personally interact with 20 people, you know, through my various social networks. Okay. So, so, and I will see them post something, or I will see them ask a question or make a comment, and I will personally reach out to that person and offer a suggestion. You know, I'm all about doing good. I love that. Spreading the positive. It's contagious, yeah. don't you think? Absolutely. And so this is what I do every day. It's like, okay, 20 people today, you're going to interact with them. You're going to give something positive. You're going to make a difference. You're going to, you know, offer some more information. You're mm-hmm. going to offer a laugh or a smile. Mm-hmm. That's your goal. And, and that's my goal every day. And it's, you know, and what's interesting is, you know, if somebody's in business, but believe it or not, you know, that is also marketing without actually, you know, looking at it as just marketing. Right, right. There's a different way to look at it for sure. Well, Rich, it was a pleasure to chat with you. I'm glad we got you on the phone today around four. I'm so sorry again for the scheduling conflicts. You were such a gem to work with me on that. No problem. And I'll be, I'll be following you also. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tweet you right after this show's over. But first I want to, I want to give our listeners your website. You've got a lot of great nuggets and, and words of wisdom. So give, give us your website if you will. Well, they could go to my name, which is Rich DiGirolamo. But how do we spell that, really? Well, why don't we do it the easy way? Let's do. If they go to NeverGrowUp.com, okay. that will take them to my website. And your latest book, I know, Diary of the Happiest Employee on Earth, where is that available? It's available on the website, and for your listeners, if they decide they would like to purchase it, if they use the code DEARDIARY mm-hmm. at the checkout, they'll save 10%. Awesome. Rich, you really were great to talk with today. Thanks for weighing in on this topic. We appreciate it. Brooke, have fun. Thank you so much. That kind of wraps up our conversation today on his social media squashing our self-esteem. Hopefully we've armed you with some tools and some tips to help you preserve that self-esteem online. Coming up in just a bit, we're taking a look at the flip side of this topic, how Facebook can actually boost your self-esteem. We're going to play up the positive as we send you out on the Matt Townsend Show today on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Is the room you're in too noisy or too quiet? It turns out some noise is good for you, but how much? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Ever find yourself saying, it's too loud to hear yourself think? Scientists from the University of British Columbia and University of Virginia investigated that idea to see how noise levels can affect your creativity as well as your behavior as a consumer. It appears that there is a sort of Goldilocks range. Not too loud, not too quiet. That's the sweet spot for both. Counter to expectations, silence may not be golden here. People in the studies did less well at creative tasks in a dead silent room compared to a room with a moderate amount of human speech noises. The slight distraction from noise was found to free people's minds to think more creatively. The best results came from a peak noise level around 70 decibels, about the level inside your car while driving on a highway. But too much of a good thing is bad for concentration. 85 decibels and up makes thinking harder. The research has marketing applications as well. 
it showed that people in a store with a little noise would tend to try new products more, but loud stores kill sales. For Innovation Now, this is, <clears throat> this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Parenting has never been an easy task, and in today's world, it can be harder than ever. That's why Richard and Linda Iyer are dedicating their lives to educating parents and strengthening families around the world. Find out what Richard and Linda can do for your family, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on their show, Iyer's on the Road, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody. Happy, oh gosh, is it Tuesday? Help me out. It's Tuesday. Boy, the week's flying by. Not. All right. This is Brooke Walker filling in for Matt Townsend today on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's been my pleasure to guest host today while Matt is away getting an early jump start on spring break. And I've really enjoyed today's topic is social media squashing our self-esteem. We heard from some great guests, including Lindsay Franson, author of the blog for allmomkind.blogspot.com. You're going to want to look for her article, Battle of the Moms. Also, we spoke with Connie. Sokol, a life coach and author who offered us some solutions for what to do when we feel that online envy take over. You can read more about Connie and look over her her book offerings on her website, ConnieSokol.com. And of course, we had some fun with Rich just a few minutes ago talking about the biggest offenders. He named LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as the opportune places for people to brag it up, so to speak. Hopefully, we've offered you some helpful takeaways and, and preserved your self-esteem, really, as you peruse those social media sites, getting to a few more solutions, playing of the positive a little bit. An article caught our staff's eye as we were researching this topic. And there is an author who claims that Facebook can actually boost your self-esteem. Right, guys? Most certainly. Um, When you you have to sit through uh, all the things that come through uh, Facebook, all of the bragging that goes on. Because really, Bryce, how many friends do you have on Facebook? About... Uh, seven. No, no, <laughs> that would have been bad, right? I I would have believed you. No, that would have been bad. <laughs> no, no, no. The real question after what uh, Rich said, yeah. uh, it's not how many friends do I have? It's how many friends haven't I hidden? There you go. Um, and, you know, one ratio might be larger than the <laughs> other. Okay, back to research. But um, it's when we have to deal with uh, all of this. Uh, all of this good, well, what other people, it'd be great news for these people, I'm sure, these wonderful events that happen. But when we have to hear this good thing that happened to uh, this person and yeah. then this next person, and then throughout the day when, let's say, you have 700 friends, right. that'll add up to 60 people who had something fantastic happen today. What if your today was bad? Yeah. Probably the worst thing I can think of is having 60 people get in my face and say, hey, my day was way better than your day. Talk about salt in the wound. Madison, what say you? Exactly. Even if it's something as, you know, menial as the weather. I mean, we all like to complain about the weather. Be like, oh, today was so beautiful. Maybe even post a picture from our Instagram on Facebook. Right. 
Um, an example, last week we had a blizzard here. I came in with literally like an inch of snow on my jacket, you know, and I came into my apartment. And I was like, ooh. And you're you know. a California girl. Yeah. So that's really pushing it for you, right? Yeah, it was a little bit intense. Bad bad week. No, <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> but then I have some friends that are going to college in Hawaii and they just happened to post up some pictures of them at the beach. You know, they're like, look at my awesome tan line and even underneath the supposed like you know supposed to be the lighter part of them is uh-huh. still way tanner uh-huh. you know than us here in Utah. And you immediately hate them, right? Because exactly. we're looking at our winter white skin and saying, "I'd crave some sunshine about now." Hate's exactly. a strong word, but really, uh, on you would... the flip side, <laughs> yes. What about uh, people who live in the same town? Mm. And you get on Facebook. And they say, oh, man, the train was late and the weather and cold. I can't wait for it to warm back up. You can get on there and click like and say, yeah, yeah, what's the deal with it? Just because it's wintertime and things has to be cold outside. That ability to just kind of simp- uh, what's it? misery loves company. Empathize. Yeah. Wallow. Empathizing. Yeah. Wallow. Okay. Wa- that makes wallowing. me feel better than no. having to suffer the storm all by myself. I agree. You know, like when you go on in the morning, you know, and you see like five different posts about the weather and they all comment on each other. It's like, yeah, it was bad. And you know, it kind of makes you feel a little bit warm inside. It's almost like a validation. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we're turning this around. How? How is Facebook going to actually improve our self-esteem? I'm going to steal this article back because I... I liked something they said in it. They said, the conventional wisdom is that Facebook is a time sink. Mm. It's like a tub you fill up, time to fill, and so it creates an assortment of negative consequences. But they say that self of well, uh, that that mainly that that aspect we're talking about, being able to empathize with each other, right? Pain and good times. You're not alone anymore. Is valuable. Yeah. Because otherwise, you might be home all by yourself. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to share the good times or the bad. Right, right. And there is something to be said. I'm thinking of some major news events that have happened here locally and people listening outside of the state have their own headlines to draw from. But whenever something bad happens, right, or something unfortunate happens that puts you in a frustrating situation, there's the venting that goes on. And you do find that empathy from other people who have experienced the same thing kind of levels out your emotions a little bit. Well, I'm just trying to think if you have a a lady in Jersey who lost a car in Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. I bet she had neighbors who she's Facebook friends with, who she might not see till the houses get rebuilt, mm-hmm. who also lost cars. Yeah. And so you go, oh, well, you know, that, that stinks. That's too bad. Right. There might be the day when I think the governor said it wasn't technically a hurricane. It was a trial or whatever. It, it meant the insurance companies would have to pay out on Sandy, for Sandy victims. Mm-hmm. And everybody was cheering. They could all cheer together. Mm-hmm. But they might not have been connected because their homes are gone and that's not where they're living right now. Facebook connects us. I hope people do kind of reach out and use that more as a source of connection, right? And as Lindsay and Connie spoke to earlier in the hour, using these social media sites as a way to build each other up, lift each other up, and cheer each other on. Now, if Matt Townsend was here, being the esteemed relationship coach he was, he would offer his own tips and advice, right? Yeah. And I mean, even just, you know, keeping up connections. How many times have you, I don't know, you might have experience with this. Have you ever friend requested, you know, someone that you were friends with in middle school or elementary school, high school even? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Isn't it kind of nice to reconnect with them? And they ask, so how's your life going? Oh, pretty great, you know, and stuff. And then also if something happens in your life, like whether it's tragedy or it's great, Mm -hmm. they may send you a Facebook message saying, hey, good job. You might not have talked with them and, you know three years, however long that is. Right, right. But it still keeps up that connection 
and also a way to keep up in your lives. I know that even with family, like we have a ton of cousins in our family. You know, we have a really big family on my dad's side. We have our own Facebook group for that side of the family where, you know, if we don't really want something for all Facebook to know about, Mm -hmm. but we want just that side to know, just be like, oh, hey, you know, like my cousin joined the Navy. Right. And he's like, hey, guys, thinking about doing this, guys might want to come. And so we're like, yeah, you know, that's a great way to keep even in touch with your family because, you know, you'd be like, ideally, yes, a phone call, but sometimes you miss them, hassle going through the voicemail, but instead just going on Facebook and being like, oh, here, Here's a Facebook group. Oh, good for you, Cousin Timmy. You know, something like that. Do you really have a Cousin Timmy? No, I don't. (laughs) Good example, though. No, it does. It speaks to the root reason why Facebook and other social platforms were created in the first place. It comes down to connection and relationships. And though those relationships may be more virtual than they are real, there's certainly a way to handle those in in a positive light. And as Connie said, if you do get to a point, we don't want to bash Facebook and Twitter. There's certainly great purposes and intentions behind each and every one of those social sites. But if you do get to a point where you're feeling a little over overstimulated, shall we say, or the bragging's getting too much, you're feeling the envious feelings set in. Connie reminding us earlier in the hour, it is okay to detox and unplug. Have any of you ever unplugged from a social network because of a negative emotion that settled in? I used to be on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, but I got really sick of all the marketing that was done through it and all of the, the sort of pointless things that come yeah. through it. It's Twitter. That's, I mean, there's a lot of pointlessness to it, but, but things like one of your favorite actors or, or a comedian, you know, commenting on a very mundane thing that happened to them. They're a comedian. They can make it funny. And you know, I have shoes, they have shoes. We can, we can identify with each other over something awful that happened with shoes. And that's really great. Uh, for Twitter, because you can get little updates on the people you like. But when it's just used for marketing, right. when it's just used to show off about stuff, right. I got sick of it, and you I'm out of the out. Twitter game. So I shouldn't feel bad that you don't follow me on Twitter anymore. Well, I might just, uh, yeah, not on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, then, too, you have the people who are, are not as phone savvy yeah, like yeah. me. And so I have a smartphone, but I'm just kind of dipping my feet in the water. I'm it's the not same a, way. I'm the same way. Not a very good phone. But the good phones, people have Twitter push little updates and Facebook updates right out. Yeah. So the minute somebody clicks something on your Facebook or Twitter, the phone will beep at you. And you then, see it. You get that notification. Yeah, you get that sense of wanting to check it immediately the same yeah. way you'd check a text message that came in right. immediately. And I got thinking about that. I said, well, one, it was crashing my phone because it's not a good phone. And two, why, why do I need that? So you disable all of that. It doesn't mean you get rid of Facebook, that right. you never go there anymore. But now I have to go to the effort to go to a computer yeah. and actually sign in and log in the old-fashioned the old fashioned way. So you've, Oh, boy. You've limited your access, so to speak. That's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I went on a cruise. It was my first cruise. And honestly, one of the highlights, I decided I wasn't a huge cruiser, generally speaking. I'd rather just plant in a nice hotel. You don't want to buy knockoff art at 10 times yeah, the price? No, not my thing. But one thing I really did love about the cruise is there was, there was Wi-Fi on the ship, but it was so darn expensive. No one was plugging in. So everyone was unplugged, and everyone was forced to connect, as you said, the old-fashioned way, if we want to call it that. And I 
really appreciated that. So it's really a matter of keeping yourself in check and setting up those personal boundaries. And as I mentioned, Matt Townsend, if he was here, he would have ended with some esteemed tips and advice being a relationship coach. But if you find your self-esteem wavering just a bit, Psychology Today did post a couple of tips to help you boost it up and keep it going. They said, one, recognize and embrace your positive qualities. Make a list of what you have going for you. Number two, accept that you are a desirable package rather than one individual item. You don't have to be perfect. Appreciate what you, the strengths you have going for you. Number three, trust your comp- competent. Remind yourself all of the problems you have faced and tackled. You've done it even when you didn't think you could. So focus on those good points and believe in your own worth. Recognize, recognizing that can really boost you forward and, and buoy up that self-esteem. Also, they suggest thinking back to most recent experiences where you fell short, made a mistake or messed up and force yourself to name five things that went right. The last one I find kind of cheesy, look in the mirror and and say five things you like about yourself. I don't know if I could actually do that and keep a straight face. But hey, those are some tips from our friends at Psychology Today. Well, you know, and also if it does get you down, feel free to be unplugged. There's actually a movement in the U.S. to have a national unplugged day. And we did have one this year. It was March 1st. So just pretty recently, you know? Just yeah, they have those all the time. It's yeah. a good reminder for all of us. There you go. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We're closing in on the conclusion of this show. We hope you have enjoyed the topic today. Is social media squashing our self-esteem? Hopefully we've given you some great tools and tips to help you stay strong when you're Facebooking and blogging and tweeting and all of those fun stuff. I have to thank Rob Sanders, executive producer of the show, for keeping me on point today. Are you are you sweating? Are you sweating less? Breathing easier? Knowing no, that's fine. One the show's nice behind thing about us. Radio is you just all you have to do talk. You so. were a good friend. So thanks for thanks for um, holding it together. And of course, student producers Bryce Tobin and also Madison Allred keeping us chatting today. You guys have fun? Yeah. I, you know, I have never felt more validation for <gasps> my dislike of certain aspects of social media. So this is great. You, Lots of validation. You feel validated. Absolutely. You are confident in your points. Yes. Well, it's been so fun to be here. I was a student actually at Brigham Young University many years ago. We won't say how many. So it's always fun to come back to campus. And Matt is off for the next couple of days. I'll be joining you back here on Thursday. So we certainly appreciate you tuning in today. Another guest host, another great guest host joining you tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and listen then. Of course, this is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Brooke Walker. It's been a pleasure to be with you this afternoon, and we hope you have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.